Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of the James Red Podcast. It has been a bit. I checked just a moment ago, and the last time I posted an episode of my podcast was September of 2019. It has been, (laughs) my wife says, wow, it's been a year since I posted an episode. And a lot of that being just because it's not something that takes priority. The channel is taking priority for me and my personal goals, my personal creative projects. And um, I have plenty of other projects going on as well, which also take priority over this podcast, which, you know, only, only a a small amount of people who are watching the main channel are coming over here but i i want i want this to develop i want this to become a bit of a a leisurely deep dive for one and then i want it to become other things um i don't know photo tips conversations things of that sort around street photography and This is something that is on paper a bad idea (laughs) because like I said, I have a lot, first off, let me, let me address something. So I have a video component of this podcast so that I can share it on the James Red extended channel. If you're watching that video component, you already see what, what the scene looks like. But if, if not, if you're just listening to audio, you, um, you, I'm going to describe it for you. We have a room. I'm kind of tucked in a corner. I have a light on my face uh, to help out with the lack of light. I'm on a tiny desk. I'm in an Airbnb. I have a mic in front of me sitting on an end table of sorts. And I have my computer in front of me. It's it's a bit of a, a haphazard operation here. But I'm doing this. I just realized I started recording this in 60 frames per second on the camera. <laughs> a unnecessary amount of frames so I'm doing this uh, this way because I'm in my Airbnb and I just want it to be a, a free form like I said leisurely experience when I say deep dive I mean I want to deep dive on some of my photo walk experiences deep dive on some ideas that I have going on in my head and this is this podcast I've been drawn to it lately, and and what's been drawing me back to it is that, for one, this is a good idea for personal development for me. There's a thing that happens, it's a syndrome that happens when you make YouTube videos, and I don't have a name for it yet, but it makes it where you cannot speak in more than two sentences at a time, because you're trying to get out two sentences perfectly over and over, and then you're cutting that together into a video. So it's hard to continue to speak at length about something. And I want to combat that not only for my podcast, but, or not only for, you know, content creation, but for life. I want to be able to communicate effectively in life. And I do creative work where I'm spending hours and hours and hours editing a video or editing you know, so doing something on my lonesome and not saying too many words, not articulating things as often as some professions might. So I want to keep that going. Uh, for example, I have meetings for, so me and my wife, me and my wife run a creative agency. Should update you guys on what's going on. 
I think I don't, I probably don't give that much information into what I'm doing on a, on my videos. And that's because it's just not the topic of the video. So I should give you guys a bit more information. Me and my wife run a creative agency and, um, that creative agency is something that has provided for us greatly and has allowed us to travel quite a bit, have freedom of all sorts and types. It's allowed me to go on this Houston photo walk, which this episode is going to be about. This is going to be a deep dive into the Houston photo walk, by the way, of which there is a video. You probably came here from that video. And, oh, I'm sorry, you probably came here from the New Orleans video because the Houston video just went out. So you came here from the New Orleans video, and then now we're having a, it's beautiful. So um, with a creative agency, I am, I'm doing this creative work that makes it where I don't talk to that many people often, sometimes, not all the time. It goes in and out. So what, Christina? I want to be very clear. There's sometimes where I need to communicate effectively and that sometimes tends to be Zoom meetings. We have a lot of Zoom meetings and I want to be able to articulate and, and move people with my words, move people to, to laughter, tears, fear, perhaps. Hmm. So anyway, I've always been passionate about communication via the mouth. Um, uh, effective and beautiful communication, uh, something that allows people to easily understand ideas. I'm fascinated by excellent communicators. So I want to use this podcast to be able to ramble and practice that stuff. So uh, I want to talk about, oh, th- so that's that's the one reason. The other reason for this podcast um, and why I, I want to invest a bit more time into it, but also keep it kind of, you know, freeform, low budget, if you will, is uh, sharing more of my process with you guys. I want you guys to to be able to um, go, more in, uh, go more in depth with in, into my process and seeing how I'm doing what I'm doing. That's what the photo walks are about, but there's something you can get from conversational or a lecture format, I guess is what this is, that you would not get from a photo walk. Um, The photo walk is designed specifically to show you what is happening, what I'm, what I'm experiencing in the moment and how I'm responding to that. But this could be me kind of reflecting on something that happened and maybe how I could have done that thing a bit better, how I felt in that moment. Um, You know, all, all, thing, all manner of things about how to be a better street photographer. So I think this could be fun. Uh, I have stories, and that's another driving force. I have stories that have kind of been stacking up in my head and ideas that tend to stack up in my head when I don't talk about them enough. So um, my current status, like I said, I'm in an Airbnb. I There's a mattress on the, uh, on the, the right-hand side of the room might be left from you guys. Let me see. Left-hand side of the room because I'm dampening the sound because it's a very echoey room without it. So we took a mattress out of one of the bedrooms. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm in South Carolina. I'm with my family, having a wonderful time. And 
soon we will be venturing to our next living space, but that's not what this is about. Let's talk about Houston. So I arrived in Houston on a day that, at the beginning of that day, I left El Paso, Texas, drove across Texas, all of it, all of it. It was 11 hours of driving. I transitioned from the desert to the um, bit more of a temperate environment. There were trees. It was really cool. It was cool to, to watch that transition happen. All of a sudden, more trees started popping up. We were still in the desert, but there were more trees, and they were a bit taller. It was less bushes. That was cool. But we, uh, we arrived in Houston, and there were trees everywhere. It was a nice place. There were buildings everywhere because it's a city. Um, there were people everywhere as well because uh, they populate the buildings in that city. And we stayed just outside of downtown, which was something that was really nice. That was something that was very helpful for allowing me to get into downtown easily. I didn't even have to drive my car into downtown. I didn't have to park somewhere. Uh, That was really nice. Uh, Most of the times, I'm driving into the city that I'm going to be in. Except for when I'm in New York City as well. That's another good exception. Christina, did you say something? Oh, yes. Thank you, Christina. Thank you very much. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a great place. So little apartment. So I, I embarked on my first photo walk. It was a solo photo walk. Uh, there were two photo walks in Houston. So this solo photo walk was obviously me having my first experience in a new city. And I, I noticed a couple of things pretty immediately. One... Um, obviously not, not, not a hopping city in terms of people. There was, there wasn't a huge amount of people walking around, but there were enough people walking around that it it wasn't, um, I I felt like I had opportunities. Like I I felt like I wasn't going to have to wait forever for somebody to walk into a frame, but I, but you had to be in the right place. Like you could wait a while or you could not wait a while. There's some places where you just wait a while and, and something may never happen. And, um, and I don't, there's something wonderfully special about a place like New York City where there's a constant flow of people all the time. But I find beauty in cities that have a bit more of a sparse population of people, uh, less people moving through at once. Because it can also help you frame up better. It can help you have a bit more of a minimalistic frame, if that's what you want. But um, I would say the biggest downside of being in a city like Houston is the lack of selection of people. That's the that's the thing that New York City uh, is absolutely, hmm, it is the, the master of, is your ability to find all sorts of different types of people walking around at all times, the the sheer amount of people creates more opportunities for serendipity. You're going to run into odd people uh, with crazy hair more. You're going to run into more people in different types of suits. You're going to run into, you know, people singing on the streets. You're going to run into people doing odd things. Someone's wearing a giraffe head, things like that. 
lots of lots of different options. Lots of maybe entropy is the right word. I'm not sure. Um, that feels right to me. So we're going to go with that entropy. But in Houston, if there's a lot less going on. But the other thing I noticed was that the architecture was really fascinating. And then the other other thing I noticed was that the people were very friendly. But let's go to the other thing first. So something that really stuck out to me was how massive and how uh, beautiful some of these buildings were and how useful those buildings were for my photos. There was one building right at the beginning of the photo walk, you'll see, where it it was like a stair-stepping situation. So I stood there for a little while. That was, that was one of the first places I went after I passed a giant grass field that, in my estimation, had no business being in the middle of such a big city. I mean, it was like an enormous field of grass with nothing happening. It wasn't even a park. It was just, it was just a slab of grass. Uh, so I don't know what kind of statement was trying to be made. It was right next to the Chevron building. So maybe they were like, here's our contribution to the, to the environment. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I moved past that, went to this stepping building, and I stood there for quite a while. I was waiting for somebody to come by. And what happened is what tends to happen. You, you wait a while. You see nobody. And then you wonder, is anybody even going to walk past this place? What is the amount, what is, what is the level of, of numbers of people who walk past this place on any given day? Am I here at the right time? Am I here on the right day for this? Am I wasting my time? How long should I wait here? When should I move on to another spot? These are all the questions that are flying around in your head. Uh, so I sat there for a moment and then slowly but surely people started showing up one by one which is normally what tends to happen in a situation where you know there's a there's a varied enough population and generally a good rule of thumb is if you see somebody walk by when you first arrive there even if you're not ready to shoot um, somebody else is probably going to walk by so you can wait there for a little bit so i waited there what you guys see is me cutting together very uh, quick clips. Good heavens, I'm already 15 minutes into this thing. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, what you guys see is that I'm I'm just happy that I've, I've been able to ramble for this long. So what you guys see is me chopping from one experience to another very quickly. But oftentimes I'm standing there for what feels like 30 minutes because, you know, my ADHD will kick in. But it's what is probably more like, I don't know, five minutes on the higher end. And then somebody shows up because because I'll go back and watch the video afterwards. And in that moment, I was feeling kind of bad because I had been waiting in that spot for so long. But then I watched the video and it, it, it had only been rolling for five minutes. So that's fascinating to me. It's, it's interesting how time passes differently when you're in the moment versus when you're re recalling the moment, I suppose. So somebody walked by. There was a girl with a phone. And that wasn't that interesting. Generally... If someone's holding a phone, unless there's some specific interesting thing that is occurring with that phone, uh, there's some set of elements that are coming together. Maybe there's a giant phone, you know, billboard behind the person. I don't know. I tend to not use the phone, people, 
because that's not that intriguing to me. Now, if the person was walking, reading a book or like a newspaper, that would be fascinating. That would be fun. Uh, but generally the phones go out. Cars, try, try to get those out. Not a huge fan of cars from this, from the past, I don't know, 20 years, 30 years. Uh, once you get into the 80s, it can get kind of interesting. But all of our cars nowadays are kind of round and plastic looking. So tend to get those out as much as possible. Although, there, of course, there are exceptions. So a person walks by with the phone. Not interested in that. Mentioned that in the video. And then a guy walks by and he has like a little, uh, maybe a briefcase, if you will, or a satchel. Not quite sure what to call it, a bag. And that was interesting to me. He had semi-business attire occurring. And he was wearing black and the side of the building was this nice beige color, if I remember correctly. So that was a nice, that was a nice contrast. So I grabbed that and normally what will happen is I'll wait until I get something that I feel interested in the the photo is interesting I and I feel like I have at least milked that environment for something quality enough and then I'll choose if I want to stay there more or move on so it's a constant reassessing of, of where I'm at and the city is so random every city is so random that there's there's no wrong choice. You just you kind of choose a path and you go with it, and you just do your best, and that's part of the fun. It's kind of a it's a playground. It's a playground, and one of the things that I love that street photography does to the creator is it forces them to be a bit more playful and a bit more experimental, and be okay if that shot went by in a split second that you uh, that would have been perfect, right? Like, for example, a long time ago, I got a shot of a guy going down a road on a bicycle with an iguana on his back. I got that shot, and it worked. It was in Annapolis. Annapolis is a wonderful place. But imagine if I missed that. Um, that would be a shot where I will go, oh, man, that would have been really fantastic. But what you learn to do as a street photographer is go, eh, got to move on to the next one because um, everything's just popping in and out that's that's how the street works and you can't use that energy dwelling on the one you missed because there are more photos ahead of you there could be another even bigger iguana around the turn around the around the bend of life so anyway back to houston i grabbed that photo of the man walking i felt good about it moved along and then um and then I found, you know, various other photos that day. I, I don't think I want to go too into detail on each individual photo, uh, but because you know, you guys, you guys saw them. But what I'll say is, there was this pervasive feeling of being very impressed with the architecture, being reminded that that there are cities all across America, and I would presume the world. Although all of my shooting so far has been in America that each one has its own individual character, its own individual set of special things about it. I don't think that I don't think that there are a couple of elite cities and then every other one is kind of lame. When I was there, Christy, <laughs> she went, mm, 
You think other cities are lame, Christina? Oh, there are plenty of boring cities, sure. The character of the city is boring. But I would say that they all have special things about them. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have to be a bit optimistic about it, you know. I'm a very optimistic person. Uh, so, so I loved the special things that Houston had. It had the architecture. It had the friendly people. Uh, one of the interactions that I really enjoyed was when I bumped into a salesman. There was a salesman right after I ran into, if you guys remember on the photo walk video, ran into a couple of guys who were also very friendly and they asked me what I was doing. There was a salesman on the side of the road and he was in front of a table and he was, he was spreading brand awareness in his words for a brand that would allow people to have people who are impoverished to have farm animals and raise them and they would teach them how to raise those farm animals and make money with those farm animals which is a fascinating concept i don't know exactly how all that works but it's pretty cool anyway i remember that for one because he was a fantastic salesman but i also don't feel imposed upon by him as many salesmen do because he was a fantastic salesman and he just asked me what i was up to. well first first he like posed and allowed me to take his photo and then he started asking me some questions about what I was up to I assumed he was getting to a point but um throughout the the interaction I started to feel like he actually cared about what I was doing and that's that's where most salesmen tend to go wrong is they tend to give you this this vibe that they have done this all day long and they honestly do not care about what you're up to as a human being they're just trying to tell you about their thing but he seemed to genuinely care. He was a very friendly guy. And then he said, uh, at the end of the conversation, after we'd spoke a little bit about what I, I'm up to, and he was, he was pumped about the idea that I was making YouTube videos, he said, uh, he said I'm, I, I'm just spreading brand awareness for this, and then told me what I just told you guys. I was like, I will absolutely check that out, because I'm happy to be told about something, but you know, just do it in a way that, that feels nice to me. It feels like you care about me. Feels like we're having a mutual interaction here. So that was great. Great example of one of the friendly people that you will you will find in Houston if you run around those areas. So I'm gonna move on now to the next day where I shot with Michael. Now Michael I've known for quite a while. Uh, he is he is a very talented photographer. I forget exactly how I came across him, but he is a very talented photographer and photojournalist. He is um, wonderful at connecting with people. I'll get to more of that in a moment. And he has taken photos in a plethora of different environments. He's He's been to a lot of different places in the world. He's, he's pretty serious about his photos. And I love to meet serious photographers. I meet a lot of photographers who aren't that serious. Most photographers to be completely honest, aren't that serious about what they're doing. It's just something that is enjoyable, uh, a bit of a hobby or a light passion, if you will, for them. Totally fine. Nothing wrong with that, and I'm here for you you guys as well, you people. But, but I love to meet people who are absolutely serious about what they're up to. They're, they're, they have a deep passion, and photography is a, is a major part of their creative life. And I, and I really enjoy people who 
only do photography as their main creative venture. They might have something on the side, but they only do photography. I'm not one of those people. I do photography and videography and I'm designing things on a daily basis. Uh, I'm, I'm writing things. I have to write things for, for, you know, my editors and I have to, uh, create documents so that I, when I go into meetings, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I'm creating document for this. I love, and I love all of it. I'm a very plural creative type of individual, which is partly why I feel like I need to do this podcast because of all the reasons why the podcast is able to feed me. So, um, with Michael, he, he strikes me as somebody who has a bit more of a singularity on photography and then his life is kind of more so built around that. He might disagree with that uh, a little bit. Not, and I should talk to him about that, but that's the way he, he comes off to me. But he also is a teacher. He's a photography teacher. And he, uh, he teaches other things as well. So he's a photographer, a teacher, and he gives good gifts. He gave, he gave me a tin a while back, like a, like a tin, T-I-N, tin, uh, not like tin, not like a number of things, but a, t- a tin of prints, of his prints. And it was an incredibly nice gesture. I still have that tin. Well, when we met up in Houston in person for the first time, had our first warm embrace of a hug. It was very special. The masks kind of made it a little worse than it could have been, but it was, you know, we, we got to interact in person. Um, I, you know, I was able to rub the nape of his pant leg as one does when they meet for the first time. Uh, and he gave me an even larger tin. It was twice the size of the other tin, perhaps even three times the size of the previous tin with more of his prints. So he's that kind of guy. So we got on to our photo walk and we, we, we were talking about all sorts of things. He was t- telling me about the city he knew more about a city than I knew about any city I've ever lived in. And, I mean, like, yeah, even my hometown, he probably knows more about Houston than I know about my hometown. He was telling me about uh, Main Street and how people get out of the jails, which are also downtown, and they'll come up to the train platforms and hitch a ride on the trains, and you can tell who they are because they may have a plastic bag with a couple of things in it. And then... He was telling me about the schedules and the flow of the city, who's who's where at what time. I was fascinated by that. Um, and then he took me to the jails. He said a lot about the jails, so he's he's very interested in these jails. And he he actually took me to the jails, of which there were six. He took me to the the processing center where they where they process people and I guess hold them there and maybe they, you know process them into the jails. I'm not sure exactly how all of that works, but uh, he took me there and it was a wonderful historical learning experience. And everywhere we went, he was telling me about the different, what, you know, this building is about this and this building, they used to be this, but they turned it into this. There was one building that was a, I think it was a courthouse and they turned it into a mosque. Uh, And he had been in there and it was beautiful. And he had taken photos of the people going in there. Just, you know, all sorts of experience in this city of Houston. That's fascinating to me. Uh, And he's somebody that 
when I'm with him as a photographer, I feel challenged by him. And that's part of why I love people who are serious about whatever they're up to is that they, they make me push myself. They make me feel a little bit horrible about myself at times. And that's good because it challenges me in the areas where I'm deficient, where I feel weak. So um, we wandered around the jails, took some great photos. And one of the things that I enjoyed about him was his ability to make people comfortable. And we got into shooting situations uh, of all sorts. We got into all all different types of, of situations naturally that I wouldn't have found myself in. And you know, there's one example, and you see in the video where we walk up to a group of people, they're listening to music. He says something to them. I don't even know what he said, but all of a sudden we're all taking photos of the group, and it's this big, happy, fun experience. Everybody's laughing, and his introduction to people is not a particularly formal introduction. It's just like it's very simple. It's just something to open the door, and. For example, there was a uh, there was a guy with a cigarette, and the guy and the guy Michael took the photo of the fellow, and the fellow's looking at him like, well, what, huh? And Michael said, "I like your cigarette," and that was his introduction. And all of a sudden, um, they're having a bit of a conversation. He asks him what his favorite In and Out, uh, um, what's it called, order is, and then they're moving. He's moving along, and then the guy yells out that there's like coupons that you can get for a discount. I mean, it was it was amazing how easily we flowed into conversations with random new people. I found that so fascinating. Considering for me, you know, um, interacting with new people, while I while I, I I try to refine the art form of it at all times, it can be a bit of a mechanical process to try to get into new conversations with people. And I'm constantly struggling with the social anxiety of walking up to a new person, which is part of why I love street photography so much is it pushes me out of my comfort zone. It's a powerful thing, being out of your comfort zone. But for me, what I've learned is to to explain to people very clearly immediately exactly what I'm up to and there's a strength to that but there's also a weakness to that because the weakness is it it can make your interaction a bit stiff with somebody and it might not be the right way to connect with somebody and so I learned a lot about that when I was hanging out with Michael Uh, and because of this because of his ease and his ability to get into these situations and this expands to like he, he has taken photos in the jail, one well, at least one of the jails downtown, because he asked and somebody said yes, and he got in there. So he, he has photos of people in the jails, and uh, he just he he figured out a way to get in there, and and that's part of his talent. So it's like I see that him getting into a jail is like a further expanse of what he does on the street, his ability to connect with people. But because of that, he gets himself into more hmm, into more intimate situations where his photos can become more intimate and they can tell wonderful stories that are different than the stories that one would tell if they're not in in that situation and I think that's I love that and I want to do more of that it really inspires me I was looking at his website I would encourage you guys to look at his website let me I want to remember 
the domain name. I don't want to tell you guys wrong. Let's see here. Michael Duke, michaeldukephoto.com. Go there because um, I was absolutely inspired by his photos today, all of his different projects, and the way that his photos feel quite intimate because he was able to get into intimate environments with people. Um, so like I said, that comes from him being him have well, him being serious about what he does, him pushing himself, I'm sure of it, and his natural well, his perhaps unnatural talent that he's slowly grown to be able to say the right things and approach people with the right energy in order to connect with people. He makes it look easy. And we all know that when somebody makes something look easy, looks easy. Hold on. When somebody makes something look easy, that is a weird sentence. When somebody makes something look easy, looks easy. When something appears to be easy from the outside, that's because the person has achieved a level of mastery over that domain. And in his case, I think he's put in a lot of time to be able to put himself in that position. I don't think that's something that he stumbled upon by accident. So uh, with that said, I think that's, that's a good place to wrap up. And I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found this inspirational and uh, entertaining. And I hope that you have something that you can take to your family now and say, look, I learned something today from a weird guy on the internet internet sitting in an empty room. He taught me what I teach them. He taught me how to, uh, he taught me how to dance, have a, all right. So there's a more to come of these. I will be sharing one about New Orleans soon. That's going to be an oh. interesting one. <laughs> Can I spill the beans? All sorts of crazy. No, they pro- no, they already know because they're actually probably coming from the New Orleans video. James almost died. Uh, it was a it was a bit of a hectic situation. And then I had another guy try to shine my shoes. So <laughs> that um that will be coming out after this one and um like I said I want these to feel natural and free form and and uh, hopefully i'll be able to get into some topics that i can't get into on the channel and i would love for you guys to tell me what you think and what you'd be interested in hearing more of on this um that's it love you guys goodbye oh wait you guys don't know where to talk to me you can find me at james the red on instagram or on twitter please feel free to dm me and of course you can find me on my youtube channel just look up james red Comment on any one of those videos. Okay, love you guys. Goodbye.